In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony, to bear witness to the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. John bore witness to him and cried, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, for he was before me. And from his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Thank you, David. Um, Let's pray to start. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of your word. As we think on these things, as we wonder and as we marvel afresh, help us to open our hearts and minds to hear from you. Amen. He spoke and galaxies whirled into place. Stars burned and burst into life. Planets began orbiting their suns. These were words of awesome, unbridled, unlimited power. And uh, we've worked out, I say we, not me personally, but very clever people, uh, have worked out, for example, that one million Earths could fit inside the sun. The sun that he breathed out and the sun that is just one of hundreds or billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy alone. And just one of those stars, a star named Betelgeuse, is 5.888 trillion miles away from Earth and is twice the size of the Earth's orbit around the sun. Keep going. Uh, (laughs) You could fit 252 trillion Earths inside the star Betelgeuse. And it's just one star in a galaxy 
of billions. And God spoke those into life. And I don't know if you find that equally fascinating as well as mind-blowing, um, but it just uh, blows my mind every single time. He spoke again, and the waters and the lands were filled with plants and creatures running and swimming and growing and multiplying. These were words of animating, breathing, pulsing life. And again he spoke, and man and woman were formed, thinking and speaking and loving. More words, this time of personal and creative glory. Eternal, infinite, unlimited, he was, is, and always will be the maker and lord of all that exists. St. Augustine said that people go abroad to wonder at the height of mountains, the huge waves of the sea, the long course of rivers, the vast compass of the ocean, the circular motion of the stars, but pass by themselves and they don't even notice. Our verses today reveal to us that our lives began because he spoke us into being. And then he came in the flesh to a speck in the universe called planet Earth. The mighty and almighty creator became part of creation, limited to time and space and susceptible to aging and sickness and death. But it was love that propelled him. And so he came to rescue and save all who are lost and give them the most precious of gifts, the gift of eternity. He is the Word. He is Jesus. Beginnings matter. They start the adventure. They set the tone and they provide purpose and reason. And this beginning, though, the beginning we've just read in John chapter 1 is a little bit different. It's a beginning that always was. The word, John says, existed before creation and before time itself. He is the beginning of the beginning. The word was God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are distinct and unique, but are one. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made. And so the word is not only the source of all life, but the very principle of it, the foundation and fundamental truth that maintains all else in existence. And now that's kind of pretty pretty grand, isn't it? And maybe sometimes you find yourself thinking about, yeah, but what about the here and the now? How does that all relate to my life in this moment? How does that relate to the struggles that we and others we know are facing right now? How might it impact our lives in a more profound way if actually we're quite comfortable and getting along quite nicely? You might be thinking, well, how do I communicate all these wonders of this God-created universe to those who can't quite see past their own circumstances, either out of desperation or out of complacency? You might be thinking, how do I hold on to the truth and the hope that is on offer for me today? 
Well, firstly, let's be reminded that God is consistently constant. Not sure if that's grammatically sound, but we're going to go with it. God is consistently constant. I think we're all aware that probably much of what we wear or, or eat or watch on TV is, whether we like it or not, part of some kind of trend. What's popular to watch or eat or, or wear one year is so not popular the next. It's probably often why we look back at old photos and say, did I really look like that? Or, you know, that shell suit will come back in fashion. I'm hanging on to it until it does. Well, last year, I don't know if you saw this, but some very well-known designer fashion labels uh, released some items that um, they thought would clearly spark a new trend uh, for those amongst us who are keen fashionistas. Um, Now, clearly, I'm not particularly very fashionable in any way whatsoever. Um, But last year, a certain fashion designer released grass-stained jeans. You didn't have to... Yes, I know. You didn't have to do it yourself. They'd grass-stained them for you. I think they went for some ridiculous amount of money, but clearly this was a trend they thought was going to catch on. Another very well-known designer label uh, released a a clutch bag, which is a small handbag, so I'm told, um, in the shape of a baguette. uh, Trust me, absolutely true. If you Google it, you'll see a baguette-shaped clutch bag uh, looking back at you. Um, Now, they're extreme examples, but I wonder if you've ever reflected or reflected recently on things that you kind of get caught up with, things that divert your attention, your time, your money, and gradually become a new priority or focus in your life. Verse 10 tells us that he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. We were made in his image, but how we often reject or sideline God in favor of other idols, things that we make the focus of our attention and our worship. Who God is, what Jesus taught us, and what he did doesn't change. Faith in God isn't some fleeting, ever-evolving, changing trend or hobby like much of what we experience in our society because God is constantly constant. Jesus was fully human when he was born and then walked this earth, but he was never not also God who always existed. And this is the foundational truth of the Christian faith. And if we can't or we don't believe this, then of course, why would we trust our eternal destiny to him? We'd be just throwing caution to the wind. We'd be acting foolishly. And so that's why John writes these verses, to build our faith and our confidence that all might believe and know that Jesus truly was the Son of God. Jesus, uh, John was eyewitness to the events of Jesus' life and ministry and presents this letter not as Jesus' biography, but as a presentation of his life. You know, Jesus isn't just different from the Greek mythological gods. He's superior. But to his Greek audience, the idea that the word would become flesh would be unthinkable. And for Jewish readers, the notion that the word was God would be blasphemous. But to John, this was and is the good news of Jesus Christ, who is the living picture of God's holiness. 
Secondly, God began the beginning. The Bible tells us that when God created, he made something from nothing. God gave each one of us unique gifts and we are truly, truly valuable to him. And so if we ever find ourselves full of pride for our own achievements, then we can be encouraged and we can remember that all we are is because God made us. And that's not to say we shouldn't celebrate one another or be satisfied with what we've accomplished, but we should never get ahead of ourselves or champion our own achievements at others' expense because we're God's achievement. But if you ever find yourself feeling like, well, my life is a bit too complex for God to understand, know that nothing is too difficult for him. And his love for you is bigger than anything you might be facing. The darkness of evil has never and will never overcome God's light. The light that removes the darkness of sin from our lives over and over again. And that's a light we can look forward to, not only in this Advent season, but beyond into next year and into the years after that. And I also encourage you too in this beautiful part of the world that we find ourselves in to lift your eyes and your hearts to heaven once in a while. Isaiah 40 verse 26 says, Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. If we allow God's light to shine in our lives, we will never stumble around in darkness. And thirdly and finally, God's story is our story. God is alive, he is active, and he's the author of our story, and we can be part of his. You know, our circumstances change. So much around us changes, but God does not. And maybe, you know, you're feeling right now that Hope feels in short supply. You know, coronavirus continues to control our lives and rob us of relationship. And it seems like our national leaders are struggling to lead with honesty and integrity. And within the national church, numbers returning after the last round of restrictions remain low. And numbers of children and families attending church continues to fall. Families on low incomes are facing significant increases in their monthly energy bills. And many who have served and cared so faithfully and sacrificially in our public services are at breaking point with no end in sight. Our planet is suffering the continued and sustained effects of climate change and our neglect of the natural world. And conflict, persecution... And injustice rage on, and we would be forgiven for thinking it's all utterly hopeless. These verses from John, though, change everything. Why? Because they tell us that God came home, He came to that which was His own, 
verse 11 tells us. When the word came to this world, he didn't come as an alien. He came home to be present with each and every one of his children. He came home so that his goodness could run after us. He came home so that his love could chase us down, so that we might be able to navigate the challenges and the hurt and the pain, as well as the joy and the wonder of this world with him, so that our story becomes his story and his story becomes ours. No barrier exists that could prevent you from experiencing and being strengthened by God's love, except our very own hearts. And so how might God want to continue your story, yours and his, together? Might you surrender your heart to him once again this morning in order that he might continue the restoration of all that he's made? And all that is before us. That he might continue the story of his redemption of all that is broken. That he might choose to begin with you. This Advent, as we expectantly wait for and prepare for the birth of a very special baby. A baby born supernaturally. A baby whose first cry shattered a 400-year silence of a people who recognized their longing for a saviour. A baby that grew up under the threat of a murderous leader. A baby that learned the trade of a carpenter. And a baby that grew into the man that John and many millions upon millions of people since testify as son of the living God. How might God want to continue your story? What risks might God be asking you to take? And I feel that's a word for for some of us this morning, despite all that we see around us. Is God calling you to step out boldly in faith in a particular area? And in terms of stepping out in faith, it could be that you feel ready to accept him as your personal Lord and Saviour this morning. And if you do, we would love to pray with you after the service. It could be that um, you're asking God to, you want to ask God to continue to stir your heart or stir your heart for something you'd long thought God had asked you to put down. Might it be that God wants to raise your expectations for all that he has for you. It could be noticing who and what God has placed right in front of you in a fresh way. It could be that you're seeking God for what's next in your life and you need to anticipate and expect him to answer. However you choose to respond today, let's join together as God's people, accepting the invitation to be part of his story, to make his name, his love, his hope, and his light shine brighter throughout our nation and our world more than it ever has before. Amen.